take that advice? Carl, I don't want to know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't ask you. I didn't, I didn't no. invite this conversation. No, um, Herb Tarlick is being very funny because he's not helping at all. He's like, can I get your number? And he's having the other person do all the helping and all the heavy lifting. Uh, by the way, audience, uh, Marco really didn't do that. That was a joke that we used to share together. Uh, and I'm talking about the tender age of 1920. So. Yeah, we shared it. We, we, she used to make that joke. I said, you don't have your purse with you. And she would say, don't worry. I've got my money. You know. All right. Okay. Anyway, All right. I don't know how he came up, but. Oh, yeah. Cavity right. search. Cavity yeah. search. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mike's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I got more to say. <laughs> you have to tell me off, Mike. Yeah. Well, you're always Mike, but um, so basically now, um, Carol's been left on her own, not thrown to the wolves or something, but they just forgot about her, and they're driving away in a van to meet Charlie. We've been calling him Charlie and give him the right. money and get their cut. But she is going to get abused. Yeah, She's saying, bye, Herb. Oh, thank you, Herb. Oh, that's Herb's friend, right? The one who did all the work. The one who did all the work. It's actually a cute little funny scene. It's not so funny, but it's a little funny. It's a it's an oasis. Well, the thing is that uh, – Herb Tarlick could have done a much better performance. It was situationally funny, but he could have done a much better ignoring of her. He could have done a better acting job. You know, I think uh, who also read for that role was 1974, Beware the Love, Larry Hagman. Which, ha Larry Hagman? He looked like Larry Hagman. Like he acted oh, he kind of... I guess yes. Ah, uh, look at that, manly man. He's finally cleaning out his, his locker, huh? Right. Now, this doesn't make any sense. He's got two of the rent-a-cops, and he's like, get weapons and guns and follow me away from our workplace to a place called Frontierland, Old Nevada, about 20 oh, the one we saw. Oh, so right. we're wrapping up the movie because we're going to the first scene of the movie. Well, yeah. I mean, they've done the heist now. Carol's in trouble. They're running away, uh, and they're going to meet Charlie. And we are wrapping up now. But it's inexplicable why these guys, it's not in their job description. How can they get slapped by their boss and just take it? They don't right. have an HR grievance. They also are about to be in a gunfight for for, oh. for $15 an hour. You know, they're about to be in a gunfight. Did you see my act was on the marquee? Rooms available? <laughs> Is that your act? Yeah, we That's played up and down 70s strip. Oh, with laundry basket, you had that that yeah we yeah that two uh two man show uh, rooms available. Look at her face; it's bruised. She's been yeah. hit hit by. How can you do that? He doesn't have the right to. Well, actually, it's a mob thing, right? Stolen. Right. Money. Oh, this is gone. They've they've dropped the charade. I think, like you said, he he knows something's up. Well, I mean, he okay. I think it's another missed writer's point that he should be like, I am dead if I don't get this money. The mob will kill me if I don't have my half million. 
They don't do that at all. He acts like it's his own personal money. I want my money back. Yeah, that's a good point. Isn't he insured? Save him a lot. He's no, okay with killing he's not people. not insured. It is, it is illegal mob money for for either guns or something involving Costa Rica. I don't know, but it's illegal mob money. He's not insured. Are they going to the same location? Like Charlie Lee is in Frontierland yes, as well? because Carol, he's twisted Carol's arm to say, where are they meeting? I know you're not smart enough to do this on your own. Oh, I got you. you. Know, take me to your partners. And Carol is just telling the truth. It's wild, West City, city built up by... Running wild. It's wild, West City. The city that's running wild. Nobody would get our jokes, Mike. They're either old or... the. Okay. Uh, from the, not from New Jersey. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that was Andover, New Jersey, where there is Wild West City and Uncle Floyd, another name you won't know. A local hero here used to do the commercial, and everybody remembers yeah. him there growing up as kids. And what else did he do? He did fish burgers. Our, yes, our public he access was show. On he, our public access show. And I want you to know a, that Mike is not from San Francisco. He's from Montclair, New Jersey. Yeah, I think that people know that by now. <laughs> Montclair? Oh, where, where Stephen Colbert lives? Yeah. Oh. No, but not, no, that, no, that's not prestigious. No, you were not there at the time of Colbert. You weren't even there for Yogi Berra. Well, or Kelly You missed them all. What about uh, uh, Joe Walsh? No, that was before me. No, nope, you missed that too. He was um, off to, can I don't know, but he was out of there by the time we were there. Um, I think the only one is there was some kid whose father was a record producer. He was on Upper Mountain Avenue. I think that's the closest we came. Oh, it wasn't Stacy. Uh, no more names. No more names. Oh, Mike, you don't want me to out people. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, if, what if they're famous it. names? Then I could mention, right? Yeah, like Yogi Bear. Joe Yogi Walsh. Bear. Joe Walsh, yeah. Uh, Paul so, Bartell, film director. Right. So one time there was Josh, who's obsessed with Joe Walsh, <laughs> was was working with um, construction people, painters and such, with Joe Walsh's brother. And he called him Joe. And Joe Walsh's brother was livid. Joe. I have a brother named Joe. He was really hit the sore spot. Okay. So now Eversol is, has shown up and it's going to be like one of the only good parts of this whole film is up and coming. All this stuff we're watching now really sucks. Lots of it doesn't make sense. But it, it's going to get to this final standoff. Wait, and so this is going to be like a theatrical type show, like what we saw in the beginning, but in real life. Uh, oh, but in real life, I guess so. It's a shootout. Yeah, I guess so. But they're going to walk down the Western Street. Look at this guy. I know. He's, he's just a jerk. Um, maybe you can play the audio when it when the part comes. All right. Does it, he offer him a bottle of water at least? No, he does not offer him a bottle of water. But they're all happy that they're counting the money, and they're like a half million dollars. But meanwhile, they're only getting forty grand each. So it makes no sense in the plot why they're all giddy. Yeah. Well, they got to pay Charlie. It's not Charlie's not cheap. 
What you're saying they could have their own detective agency? Look, Charlie is getting three hundred and what forty. Charlie is parting with what's it's it's one hundred and twenty grand. He's giving the three ladies in total, and he's walking away with three hundred and eighty grand. Does that seem fair? And they did all the work, all the work. Now, okay, they're like Carol. Thank God you're okay. He goes, yeah. See, I got a gun. See, he couldn't wait. That guy would probably was like, I'm gonna show myself now. See, this doesn't make sense. She's counting the money for the guy, she's kissing the money like it's hers, and it's not hers. Look at this rent a cop with the shotgun. He's gonna be in a gunfight for his boss. It makes no sense. He looks now, he looks like a record producer, right. He's got the glasses, he's got the shirt, he's got the haircut. Look at that fake I knocked you out. I know. While I'm unconscious, I passed out. You could drag my body anywhere. Now, it's a mystery who did it. We think it's got to be Charlie. Oh, no, it's the other guy. It's drunk, laid off dude. Vic? Yeah, Vic. Drunk, laid off. Victor Frankenstein. (laughs) No, Vic is not a part of this. He is... Cleaning out his locker. I know he hasn't left the casino and he got fired four hours ago. His right, boss is home away from home. I'm sitting here, even if I'm not getting my pension, I'm staying here until the time I would have gotten it. Meanwhile, his boss is like beating up his girlfriend while right. they're sitting. And the boss, why didn't the boss go, you know, get the money? He was in the room with the three ladies and the money, right? So why right. didn't he say, aha, my money? But no, instead, okay, now they're hearing on the loudspeaker Charlie's voice pretending to be the cops. The place is surrounded. And so for some reason, Eversol does put down his gun. It's not in his character to do so. Wait, the cops are showing up with the flash in his eye, and look who it is! I can't see it. Wait. Wow, this is that win. I still can't. It is. It's drunken laid-off guy. It's Vic. It's Vic. That's the big twist reveal. But it doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't he Vic? just say to his girlfriend, Lucky, who love, 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 loves him, I got a heist for us to do. Why would he pretend and hide his identity? So wait, he's not the cops? He lied. He lied, which is very bad character. So he, so well, does that change the amounts they get? Nope. (laughs) She's going to get the girl 40,000 and he gets the girl, he gets the girl 3,200. Well, basically, he's giving 40 to the other two girls, but Lucky will, like, be his girlfriend and, you know. Okay, so the wax figures, Lisa's never been there, so she thinks they're real people, and she gets scared, and that oh, lets Eversol run away. Give me a break. Rookie move. It says axe I thought they were axes. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, no, they have a great axe collection. They have some of the original Frontier hatchets. Have you ever been to Frontier City? You should see the Axe Museum. They've 
got beautiful pickaxes from the... I told you, I went I went to the Axe Museum in Frontierland, and everyone was so aloof working there, they wouldn't <laughs> even acknowledge me. Well, look me in the eyes, even. You can ask any axe question you want there. Okay, ask me another. So, Eversol had his gun stolen, so he pulls out this little, little, little teensy-weensy gun from his foot holster. That's, that's the 70s. Yeah. 70s, everyone walked around with foot holsters in Vegas. It's it's one of those only you know two shots guns you can really conceal. Yeah. You wear it every single day for three years just yeah. so you could shoot someone twice. <laughs> That's not fun. Fire uh, gun, I'd be shooting people all the time. You know, if I had a boots, if I had a holster, I would put like something to to vibrate against my ankles just because of the pain of my foot pain. Yes. It could serve two purposes. Okay, yeah. so now that there are gunshots, Lucky is like, you two go to the car and I'll I'll uh, meet you there. And she's going to like, I don't know, sneak around. She's giving him luck. Oh, she's Domino from Deadpool 2. Uh, okay. Her I... super, her Zazzy Beats, she's, she's a superpower, so she's always lucky. I think I did see that film, the number two. Yeah, it had it had some explosions in it. Do you remember that scene which was like kind of like CGI? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. You remember there was that car crash and yeah. Yeah. Oh, the car crash. That that, oh, that was the movie with all the guns. There was like some jokes in it. Do you remember that movie with the jokes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deadpool too. I remember. Look at yeah. him hide behind this like tree. It's like a bonsai tree. Look at her. She runs around. And she goes, "I'm against a wall." So then Lucky sees. I happen to be right next to the power that turns on the frontier land. Now look. Lucky her. Yeah. So she'll turn it on, and everyone will be like, "What's that noise?" It sounds like Wild West City. Is that Uncle Floyd? Is that Uncle Floyd? So here she turns it on. And that's going to startle uh, Rent-A-Cop, who used to be a minor league baseball player, and he falls to his death. Oh, no. Hank, Hank didn't catch that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Hank Robinson as Tully. That's right. So uh, Tully had a folly. <laughs> good coffee, though. Tully's coffee. Tully's coffee is good coffee? Okay. So no. Yeah. I think they got bought up at Starbucks. We're a Folgers Black Silk family ourselves, but oh no, a two-shooter in the temple. Now he's got Vic by the balls. He's got Vic's girl, and it's like, drop it or I'll shoot her. But Vic does not comply. It's really a good ending. Um, You you want, go ahead. Why don't you play the audio for the crowd? This is the only good part of the, Except for scaling the building, this is the only good part of the movie. And the gun. And walk away or I'll kill her. Now Vic's gonna do it. It's his love. Uh, That's the background sounds of Frontier City. So go, go ahead, go ahead, shoot her. Go ahead. And look at Eversol. He's like so confused. What do you mean? You love this woman. 
Double crosser. And Lucky is like, what are you talking about? Kill me. Look at his face. It's priceless. He, he's frozen. He doesn't know what to do. You called my bluff? So he drops his little two-shooter. Vic, you're hired. Vic, I'm, I, I changed my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah can work. Hire, I, I won't even hire you back. It's just you were never fired. You could have your pension. Here, here's the first job. I need you to shoot this woman. <laughs> Go find the other guys, the other the cops. Go to another location and shoot someone. Go find the other. You can be a mall cop again. I I forgive you for punching the wrong guy. Defending Stella's son. So anyway, it's Paul Martin, really good. Too. He totally defeats uh, Eversol. And he Just basically, by yeah. now turn the sound on again because they have cute dialogue. It's actually good acting now. I'm out of here. Yeah. Go ahead and shoot her. That's yeah. what she said to him. Go ahead and shoot her. Now look. <laughs> she shoots him. Damn. <laughs> that's two shots. And that's it. She's done. Does he know that? Yes, it's only everybody knows that's a two shooter. You can turn the sound off if you want. That's pretty much the oh, cuteness is I over. Did. But there's that's, that's, that's a real moment for you. Well, compared to the rest of the film, that is gold if you're in this film. All right, I don't think we'll ever watch the Dreamers movie, but this director did a film about professional bowling circuit called Dreamers. I'll watch it if you tell me to watch it. Yeah, it's in the cards. You are the boss. Uh, you mean if we watch it next week? You you set him up and I knock him down. All right, Carl, let's do it. I have to I have to vow to it over the, the grand credits of this movie. We had a different movie pick. Listen, All right, you're we'll the, do the boss, other. and if that's what you're going to do to me, okay. Why would we watch oh. Team Bad Director three times? We're done. We're done. We're done with this director. It's called. We have, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Las Vegas Lady from 1975. Yeah. Carl, what did you think of this movie? I think this movie sucked a big dick. It was horrible, a bag of dicks. It it was terrible. <clears throat> I've said it like a bunch of times now. The scaling the building was pretty cool. And this ending in which he called the bluff of Eversol was an interesting twist. It was really quite different. But the rest of the plot made no sense. I think we figured out why she had to go through the window. I had that one wrong. Yeah. For the rest of the plot, it just was there to have a movie. They, it, it didn't. Why was she the one that got hired? What was the skill set that the girls had, except for the trapeze artist? Why couldn't she just run off with her boyfriend? They were so in love. Uh, why is she only getting forty grand out of a half million? There's a million holes and what was the deal with the mob all about and was that yeah. Jack, uh was that latoya's husband well Mr. let's say well i want to still thank new now jacks for just having the coolest name ever and i just described to you yeah i i like the the archival footage i mean 
the yeah. Las Vegas that doesn't exist anymore or that yeah. locations like I recognize Circus Circus. I've been there. I think that was the appeal of the movie and the souvenir shop across the street, I think is still there maybe, like the circular building. And it was but, great to see the old cars. Yeah, the old cars and just like people doing aerobatics over the slot machines. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I enjoyed that part, but yeah, this film was kind of hard to take the way that people kept getting abused for no reason. And, or but just it was very good for your show. There was lots to talk about, lots to yeah. criticize. And all the many of the actors had stories behind them that we could c cover. Um, and it, it was the second time we've seen the director. Thank goodness it wasn't the third. Uh, <laughs> I got you. So, Say no. Yeah. yeah. So it was good for well, your all right, show. Well, yeah, it was a good show. And I'm a big Stella Stevens fan, so that was a good one. And yeah. uh, I, I was happy to watch that. And, and we saw her kid. Her kids, you said, right? And we saw Herb from Cincinnati, WKRP in and Cincinnati. the co-stars were gracious enough to appear in a towel for 20 minutes. So I, I enjoyed <laughs> that, too. In their turbans. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very excited. We do this every Sunday. Uh, our podcast drops every Sunday night. We are on Mutiny Radio right now first, uh, and we stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. Carl, what's the movie next week? Well, that's a great question. I will tell you. Uh, we're going to watch, and this is one of your recommended movies. Yeah. I'm very excited to watch Stranded from 1987, the year I graduated. Great. Stranded. There is a trailer. Um, the trailer is from a channel called Horror Fanatic. So if you put in trailer stranded 1987, you will find stranded 1987 trailer. And we had a stranded prom back in 87. Okay, so uh -huh. I guess this is a horror uh, movie. Let's take well, a it's it says Horror Fanatic, and that is the channel we like. It's I don't know what this movie's gonna show. All right, well, let's go ahead. Ready? You want to do it? the countdown or? Do you want to do the volume, the sound, or shall yeah, I? Right. You will? Okay. Uh, I could do it. I don't know far. Okay. This We're going to watch yeah. Trailer Stranded 1987 from Horror Fanatic in three, two, one, go. So far, promising. A lot of crickets. Yeah, that's, I hear that every open mic. <laughs> Not, yeah. She's a smoker. That makes her cool. That's what I tell my kids. Aliens. Aliens. Lightning. Fools. What the heck? Empire. Laser beams. It's creepy staircase. Just when you think you know what this film is about. <laughs> Spider Man. Superhero. Spider-Man. How can they be stranded if they got local city cop? Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in a...
of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whomsoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Stenches in the air 
track you. Night, Mario, Paul said. He started off toward the shuttle. Then he stopped, reached in his pocket, and flipped a half dollar over the counter. Mario caught the big coin. I'll take the Sunday Times, Paul said, and picked up the newspaper. Hey, wait, Mario called after him. It's only 25 cents. You've got a quarter coming. But Paul was already in the car. The door slid closed. He smiled and waved through the window. With a lurch, the train moved off, its lights glimmering away through the darkness. Tucker Mouse smiled, too. He liked Paul. In fact, he liked anybody who was nice to Mario. But it was late now, time to crawl back to his comfortable niche in the wall and go to sleep. Even a mouse who lives in the subway station in Times Square has to sleep sometime. And Tucker had a big day planned for tomorrow, collecting things for his home and snapping up bits of food that fell from the lunch counters all over the station. He was just about to turn into the drain pipe when he heard a very strange sound. Now, Tucker Mouse had heard almost all the sounds that can be heard in New York City. He had heard the rumble of subway trains and the shriek their iron wheels make when they go around the corner. From above, through the iron grills that open onto the streets, he had heard the thrumming of the rubber tires of automobiles and the hooting of their horns and the howling of their brakes. And he had heard the babble of voices when the station was full of human beings and the barking of the dogs that some of them had on leashes. Birds, the pigeons of New York, and cats, and even the high purring of airplanes above the city Tucker had heard. But in all his days, and on all his journeys through the greatest city in the world, Tucker had never heard a sound quite like this one. For several minutes, there was only the whispering silence. Whatever it was that was making the sound had heard him coming and was quiet. Silently, Mario waited. Then he heard it again, rising from a pile of waste papers and soot that had blown against the concrete wall. He went down and very gently began to lift off the papers. One by one, he inspected them and laid them to one side. Down near the bottom, the papers became dirtier and dirtier. Mario reached the floor. He began to feel with his hands through the dust and soot, and wedged in a crack under all the refuse, he found what he'd been looking for. It was a little insect, about an inch long and covered with dirt. It had six legs, two long antennae on its head, and what seemed to be a pair of wings folded on its back. Holding his discovery as carefully as his fingers could, Mario lifted the insect up and rested it in the palm of his hand. A cricket, he exclaimed. Keeping his cupped hand very steady, Mario walked back to the newsstand. The cricket didn't move, and he didn't make that little musical noise anymore. He just lay perfectly still, as if he were sleeping or frightened to death. 
Mario pulled out a Kleenex and laid the cricket on it. Then he took another and started to dust him off. Ever so softly, he tapped the hard black shell and the antennae and legs and wings. Gradually, the dirt that had collected on the insect fell away. His true color was still black, but now it had a bright, glossy sheen.
Oh, well, a young man Ain't nothing in this world these days I said a young man Ain't nothing in this world these days In the old days When a young man was a strong man All the people Stand back when a young man walked by But nowadays The old man got all the money And a young man Ain't nothing in this world these days
Lab Black Plastic. Jonathan and Eddie are here. MutinyRadio.it. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all. (laughs) 